the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church for the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, we've begun a new year with all kinds of new challenges. We have had tremendous uh, storms in Northern California, rain, hail, all kinds of weather challenges throughout the country. There's also been mass shootings and challenges in terms of people's lives being lost. There are challenges also that try to keep us from moving forward. And we tend to move backward instead. The way we stay in a forward motion is to every day stay in tune with God and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Well, tonight we bring you part four in our series entitled How to Stay in Tune with the Master Tuner. For this and much, much more, stay tuned. But we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, uplifting and challenging uh, intro. God always uses you in a mighty way, and we appreciate you. And we appreciate also the listening audience out there that tune in with us. Speaking of tuning in, uh, with us uh, every Saturday uh, from uh, 7 to 8 p.m. on KFAX AM 1100. So we appreciate your time with us, and we trust that you're going to be blessed tonight, and we want to encourage you to get a pen and paper and especially your Bible and get to a table so you can uh, get this important word from the Lord and be blessed tonight. Well, we want to uh, just uh, remind you, as Brother Gary said, that we're talking about in this series how to stay in tune with the master tuner, how to stay in tune with the master tuner. And I want to kind of like build off of something that I want to share with you that you might want to uh, write down, because maybe if you write it down uh, and memorize it as well, Maybe it'll save your life. I was just uh, praying as I was preparing for this message. And I, uh, the Lord gave me something that I wrote down in my heart and wrote down on a piece of paper. And it goes like this. This is how the way it goes. When you see that you are a nobody, 
God can take a nobody and make a nobody out of somebody. How about that? Let me say that one more time. When you see that you are a nobody, God can take a nobody and make a nobody out of somebody. Oh, I tell you, that's shouting, a shouting word right there. And it fits into the subject matter of what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight. And I want to call your attention to uh, the book of John, John chapter uh, 5. John chapter 5, and I want to read in your hearing uh, verses 19 and 20 and verse 30. John chapter 5, verses 19 and 20, and verse 30. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I say unto you, uh, He seeth the Father. This is interesting. Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself. But what he seeth the Father do, for what things whatsoever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. Oh, I'm just keying in on uh, Jesus, the Son, can do nothing of himself. And then verse 20, for the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And I want to uh, call your attention to verse 30 of the same chapter. It's like a repeat of verse 19 and 20. I can, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which has sent me. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and edification and exhortation of his holy word. Now, I said at the beginning in, in terms of my intro that when you see that you are a nobody, God can take a nobody and make a nobody out of somebody. And this is was the lifestyle for Jesus when it came to the Father. He always didn't acknowledge himself, acknowledge his will, but always the will of the Father. And that's why he said in the disciples' prayer in Matthew 6, not my will. He said, we, we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to build on this now. Now, in relationship to being in tune with the master tuna, the question that I want to ask you tonight is this. Who was the greatest example of being in tune with the master tuna? Who was the greatest example of being in tune with the master tuna? The answer, if you said Jesus, you got 100% and beyond. Jesus is the 
major example of God in human form who came to the earth, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, and humbled himself, and in the likeness of a man, he humbled himself. He laid aside the right to always act as God, but never cease being God. That is the kenosis chapter, the emptying of Jesus, the right to always act as God. And he was God, but he laid aside the right, my friend, to always act as God because he didn't want to do anything apart from the Father that sent him. Now, if we live by this in our lives daily, and I mean from the pulpit to the pews, uh, revival would break out in America and worldwide. But we have so many people in the in the pulpits and in the pews that are into ego, into self, and into self-righteousness. And God can't bless us. He can't use us with that type of spirit about us. And I would encourage you to take a long, good look at John chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, and verse 30, because Jesus set the example of somebody who was really somebody, but he became a nobody uh, to humble himself, uh, to be a somebody by doing the will of God. Now, we need to have that type of attitude as well, because it tells us in Philippians 2 and 5, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Now, um, the thing that we need to commit ourselves to daily is, and you may want to write this down too, is to the dethroning of self and enthroning the Holy Spirit. We should pray that prayer every day. Lord, help me to dethrone self and enthrone the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the reasons why Dwight Lyman Moody wrote that book called Secret Powers. And in that little book, that was a book that revolutionized my life. And my mentor, Walter Martin, recommended that book for all of our students. And in that book, Secret Powers, that you should try to get, it's not easy to get, go on Amazon, try to get it. But he says uh, in one of the chapters that many of people are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. And he said there has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. See, and he says, when we empty ourselves of pride, self-ambition, self-seeking, the Holy Spirit will come upon us like he did in the Old Testament tabernacle and fill every corner of our lives and use us in a mighty way. And that's why Paul said in that great Mars Hill sermon in Acts 17, in him we live and move and have our being. My brothers and sisters, you can't do anything without the Lord. You need to admit that. And you know, in the Bible, I'm going to give you something, one of the greatest theological sermons that was ever given 
by somebody in the Bible. And make a note of that. Here is one of the greatest theological sermons ever given in the Bible. And it's found in John chapter 3 and verse 30. And it was by John the Baptist. John the Baptist gave us some great theology there when he said, he must increase and I must decrease. See, until we get to that place in our lives daily, the decreasing of self, ego, all about me, and using the personal pronoun, me and I and all of this, and this is what I even see in some preachers uh, and some laypersons. Uh, and this is why Jesus said, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That That's what he wants us to do. Deny self daily. We live in a world where it's all about elevating self, promoting self, you know, self-promotion, you know. But Jesus said, deny self. He that is first will be last. He that is last shall be first. So I'm going to say this in closing on this message. And I want to say it as a means of prayer. And I want you to say it with me. Lord, help me to see myself as a nobody so you can bring me into being somebody in Christ. Help me, Lord, to confess my sins right now and repent of self-righteousness, self-ambition, self-seeking, Help me, Lord, to let you increase and help me to decrease my ego, my pride, my selfishness. In our Heavenly Father's name, through Christ, we ask and pray these things. And we give it to you, Lord. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. All right, well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. With your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, give us a call. We still have plenty of time in the broadcast to entertain your questions, your comments, your concerns. And if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you, that's for sure. And speaking of prayer, we always want to uh, encourage you to continue to be consistent in prayer. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. And we want to encourage you to continue to pray for contending for the faith. Um, it's a prayer-driven ministry. We need your prayers. We need the, the constant prayers of the faithful saints to keep going forward on our behalf. We know that we've been on the air 20 years plus, and we just know that it's it's only because of the prayers of the faithful saints. And we, we thank you for your faithfulness, not only your faithfulness in prayer, but also your faithfulness in giving. And we want to encourage you to continue to be consistent in prayer 
and be consistent in giving. There's two ways that you can donate to Contending for the Faith. One is address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. And it's that simple. You will be a blessing for time and eternity. So we want to encourage you tonight. Be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. And also be consistent in God's word and be consistent and always desiring to learn and to grow and to develop and become a much more mature child of God. And one of the ways that you can do that is, you know, we want to encourage you, invite Dr. Buckner to come out to your church and provide a lecture on the essentials of the Christian faith or on the doctrine of the Trinity or many of the other numerous uh, subject matters that he's well-versed in. It's a great opportunity for uh, you to have him there and to bless your congregation, bless your community. He's done this over and over and over again throughout the Bay Area, many, many churches. And so we want to make sure that you're aware that that's a that's a uh, something that's available to you. So if you're interested in having your pastor uh, talk to Dr. Buckner or one of the church leaders, give him a call. You can reach him at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. And take advantage of this opportunity. You know, we don't have that many black theologians at all, let alone ones right at our fingertip, as Dr. Buckner is for the Bay Area and beyond. So we want to encourage you, have your church leaders give them a call and, and invest in your congregation and invest in them growing and, and, and developing us and being discipled and, and uh, becoming mature saints able to give reasons and answers for their faith. All right, Dr. Buckner, about ready to go to these callers? Let's do it, Brother Gary. All right, we have Jermaine on line one. Jermaine, welcome to Contending for the Faith. How are you tonight? So, hey. How are you doing, Brother Jermaine? I'm doing very well. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, how you been doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. You know, just uh, got an injury at work, been struggling with, but, you know, God's been good to me. And after been catching up through the archives, good to be back on the show. Well, you know, uh, Brother Albert, in our ministry, he's been keeping us posted on you and what happened, and we've been praying for you, so... Uh, we're glad that you're doing better and that God has been answering our prayers. Oh, yes, sir. He has. He's uh, he sustained me through what looked like an impossible situation. So I certainly appreciate your prayers. Well, you got it. And what's He's, on your heart tonight? Well, um, I was uh, just having a, you know, a friendly discussion with uh, a cousin of mine. And uh, he's a beloved brother in the Lord. But we, we have a different opinion on the Beatitudes, Matthew Five five, um, where Jesus talks about the meek inheriting the earth, he seems to have come to the conclusion that that means right now we we inherit the earth. But as I've uh, read it, and I uh, tried to go back to Psalm thirty seven and uh, telling him that you have to read the passage as a whole, not just an isolated scripture, 
it uh, seems to be speaking in future tense and not present tense. Um, I know some people take that to mean we, by inheriting, we, we should have all the wealth and riches, like all the non-believers, and just trying to break down that how, from the way I see it, you know, this is a planet is beautiful, but it's only temporary, and it's not our final inheritance at all. We, we can have dominion, but we don't have full ownership. So I just want to, uh, you know, I, I like to play this little game of when in doubt, ask the theologian. So I'm mm-hmm. coming to you guys to get your take on Matthew 5. Oh, well, uh, appreciate uh, you, your call as well as your question. Uh, this uh, verse of scripture has always been a challenge to uh, some of the people in the church and outside the church, and even it's been a challenge with the cults uh, because um, even Jehovah's Witnesses, they eisegete this uh, passage of Scripture and only say that uh, uh, the 144,000 will uh, go to heaven and the rest will inherit the earth and be on the earth. So they separate uh, the 144,000 from the rest of the believers, which is uh, unbiblical and it's nowhere to be found in the Word of God. Uh, but um, when this is a real powerful uh, verse of Scripture, and uh, Jesus says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And when he says uh, the meek, and let me just kind of add a little more meat to this, uh, he's not talking about weakness, uh, but strength. It is the opposite of being uh, out of control, you know, because a lot of people, you're, you're too meek, you know. And uh, But the Bible even speaks of Jesus being meek and gentle, you know. So it's a really a sign of, of strength. Uh, it is the supreme self-control empowered by the Holy Spirit, because you can compare that to Galatians 5 and 23. Uh, and the fact that the meek shall inherit the earth this is quoted, as you said, from uh, Psalms 37 and verse 11. But when it says that the meek will inherit the earth, uh, what is he, uh, Jesus talking about? Uh, he is talking about something that will happen in the future. And the reason why we know that is because uh, from two perspectives. One is... Uh, that in the book of Revelation, the latter part of Revelation, you want to always interject this when you're dialoguing with people, is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. You know, the old earth will be passed away. That's why in uh, Romans chapter 8, the old earth is groaning and moaning to be even uh, redeemed and delivered. And it will happen one day, and even our bodies will be redeemed and delivered so you always want to look at this verse of scripture in the future context but you also want to uh, define what the word uh, earth means because when it says uh that um you know blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth what is happening this is the second point with that related to the new heaven and the earth is that the Garden of Eden will be recreated again. Uh, 
the Garden of Eden that was lost with Adam and Eve. Uh, it will be uh, renewed, recreated. And so when Christ comes back, uh, we will uh, live on earth with him and reign uh, forever and ever. Um, with spiritual bodies, it can mean also that we can, we'll have the cap capabilities of going before the throne of grace because it says um, that we will see God. You know, we will we will see God one day, and so in the spiritual bodies, we will be on earth and have the capabilities of even going into the presence of God. So um, when this is one other passage that a lot of people get confused on because I'm giving you some additional meat on this. I don't like to give the people that call in bones, neither my congregation bones, but put a lot of meat on the bones. Um, is that when it says in John 14, it says that it talks about many mansions. A lot of people in word faith teachers, especially, they talk about everybody going to have their own mansion in heaven and they'll be able to be in a mansion, have their own mansion. Well, the Greek word there is monet, and it's referring to uh, on earth, dwelling on earth. So people take it out of context and think, oh, it's talking about we're going to have a mansion one day. No, we're going to be on earth with Christ reigning, and every place where God in the Old Testament dwelt, well, he dwelt with, with Adam and Eve on earth in, uh, in the Garden of Eden until they corrupted it, and then he dwelt with them in the tabernacle uh, and the temple on earth. And God's desire, and when he recreates this earth, is that we, he's going to dwell with us on earth. So uh, the word mansion is monet, uh, and it is referring to uh, a dwelling place, and it's in reference to on earth. So anyway, that is pretty much that uh, the thing that you just got to add in there, that there will be a new heaven and a new earth, uh, futuristic. So when you were letting him know the future, just add that to that piece and uh, know that uh, uh, the Garden of Eden that was lost, it's going to be recreated. And that's why it even talks about in the book of Revelation that uh, it, it talks about like the, the garden again. It, it refers to that in the latter chapter. So hopefully that kind of adds some uh, additional meat to what you were thinking about and some insight. And so that when you see him, you can say this is what Dr. Butner shared. And, and, and if you want to call in one of these times and, and talk to me, he can do that as well. Okay, yeah, and I'm, I think I'll uh, I'll put that invite out. He, he's a wonderful brother in the Lord, real excited. It's just, you know, everybody has a different level of theological teaching and understanding. And I did use those verses uh, before to uh, kind of illustrate my point, but I, I think it's very clear from Scripture that God wouldn't have us inherit something that's going to be burnt up anyway, so why not give us something new and renewed in Him? So, yeah, thank you very much, Dr. 
you got it. You got it. And we appreciate you. And uh, God bless you and keep you and strengthen you and your family. And you, you have any prayer requests that we can pray for you before you go? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Bruce, is going to be going through uh, surgery for, for some cancer. Uh, you know, I pray for him that the surgery goes well. And then also pray for his uh, salvation. I don't know where he is in the Lord. And um, just that uh, God would give me a sense of direction as far as future employment. You know, should I decide to go a different direction? All right. Well, we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to do that. So uh, we have Brother Garrett to lead us in prayer. And what was your friend's name again? Uh, his name is uh, Bruce. Bruce. Okay. So, Lord, we just lift up uh, Bruce right now. Lord, we know he's going to have to deal with this cancer. And we pray, Lord God, that you would touch his body, that you would touch him from the crown of his head to the tip of his soles, Lord God, and that you bring healing, restoration, wholeness, and life. And, Lord God, but not only heal him of this disease, but, Lord God, we pray that you restore and rescue his soul, Lord God, that he would come into a saving knowledge of you if he doesn't know you. And we pray, Lord God, that if you, in your mercy and your grace, heal his body, help him to know and recognize that it was you that did it, Lord God, that he would rejoice and give you glory. And Lord God, we just pray for uh, Brother Jermaine that you give him wisdom regarding future employment. We also pray, Lord God, over this back injury that you would continue to bring healing to his body as well and strengthen him or encourage him and lift him back up, Lord God, to wholeness. And we pray that you meet any financial uh, issues that have resulted if he's been unable to work, Lord God, that you would just, as your word says, our God shall meet, supply all of his needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So supply the need, bless him with peace, and bless his family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jermaine, thank you so much for your call. And be sure also to tell your friend, Lauren, that really appreciate uh his prayers for us as well and support as well. Be sure to pass that on to him. I sure will. God bless you. God bless. All right. Well, it's like it's time for us to take that commercial break again. It just keeps slipping up on us. So we have to make our advertisers happy. Uh, but our phone lines are open and we do want to hear from you. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. All right. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, we want to thank all of you who have been consistent in prayer for this ministry and all of you who have been consistent in giving. We appreciate your prayers and generosity. It's an amazing, amazing thing. And it keeps this ministry alive, keeps it going strong, and it changes lives for time and eternity. There's two ways that you can donate. You can simply address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. But again, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. 
That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the donate button and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. It's that simple. And again, we want to encourage you that uh, we want more and more people to take advantage of the of the expertise that Dr. Buckner has by inviting him out to their church, their ministries, to provide seminars, trainings, workshops, to speak on a Sunday morning, and take advantage of his over 50 years of, of ministerial experience. Um, he can speak on numerous topics and issues ranging from the uh, doctrine of the Trinity to the essentials of the Christian faith and on and on and on. And it's an outstanding opportunity. He spoke at so many uh, different churches and ministries throughout the Bay Area. Every time they're blessed and want him back for more. So we want to encourage you. You can reach him at area code 415-721-1778. That's area code 415-721-1778. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to go to the callers. Let's do that, Brother Gary. Okay, Brother Rick is holding on line two. Brother Rick, how, how are you doing? There? How are you? I hear you loud and clear. All right, all right. Uh, what's on your heart tonight? Got a question. Does the New Testament teach anything about tithing? Okay, that's a very good question, Brother Rick, because uh, this is a a question that many um, Christians have asked and uh, and deserve a a solid biblical answer to that question. Um, When it comes to the New Testament, uh, the New Testament does not teach in tithing. Now, a lot of people say, well, are you contradicting the Bible? No, I'm not contradicting the Bible. Let me tell you why. And then I'm going to give you some explanation of why I say that. Let me build on this first. Um, The Old Testament taught tithing. And it was a command in the Old Testament to tithe. Uh, Now, uh, why did they do it? They did it because... Uh, it was one of their ways of uh, supporting the Levites, the priests, and the priestly leaders. And they got supported by the people uh, tithing. Uh, when it comes to the New Testament, uh, tithing is not a command, uh, but giving. Giving is a command, not tithing, but giving. And somebody says, well, uh, how much can you give? Well, it depends on uh, how much you have because uh, much is given, much is required. You know, so uh, some people don't, you know, because if you, if you lock it into uh, a tenth in the New Testament and you got billionaires and stuff like that, no, a billionaire could give a whole lot more than a tenth. Why in the New Testament do we give? We give 100% in the New Testament. But the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. See, the Bible talks about in the New Testament giving. And it talks about in uh, 2 Corinthians 9 and 6, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, 
you will reap bountifully. That That is uh, telling us you give little, that's what you're going to get in return. You give much, that's what you're going to get in return. That's why we challenge people not only to give to your ministries and have a cheerful giving spirit. Don't give because you're thinking in your mind, well, I'm expecting something. See, when you have that type of attitude, God can't bless you. You give because it's right to give. And you give not expecting anything. You just give because it's right to give. And the Bible said God loves the cheerful. The word cheerful in Greek is hilarious. It means that you're even laughing when you're giving. Not like word faith teachers laughing, out of control, like a dog out of control. You give and laugh in the spirit of control. Now, um, I believe that we have a major example of the principle. So when it comes to the, the principle of giving, when it comes to the New Testament, um, rather than looking at it as a command, it's a principle. And, and I, I see that the principle is found in Hebrews chapter 7. This is the only other time that it mentions the word tithe in giving. And there's a lot of truth to this as a principle. It's not in Hebrews chapter 7 a command, but you should make a note of the word principle. What was the principle? Um, Abraham uh, gave to Melchizedek a tenth. Now, what is a principle that we can learn from that? The principle of that we can learn from that is this. Now, I'm going to give you something deep that you probably never thought about, but think about it for a moment and make a note of it and then do some research on it. Melchizedek was a type of Christ. Abraham is a type of the church because God said, through your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. So uh, in Abraham's seed, all the nations will be blessed, as Scripture says. So Abraham gave to Melchizedek, this is a type of Christ, a tenth. And then uh, Abraham represents the church. Uh, so uh, we break it down this way. We are to give to God as a principle, and we can start off with a tenth as a principle, not not as a command. I want to make a distinction with that, because a lot of people be they're taught wrong with this subject matter of tithing. And so uh, Abraham gave to Melchizedek a type of Christ, and so we are children of Abraham by faith. Now listen to what I'm going to say to you now. We are children of Abraham by faith, the scripture says. But we're also children of Abraham by giving. And he gave a principle of a tenth. And he gave to Melchizedek, who is a type of Christ. So we are to balance it out being children of Abraham by faith, we're also children of Abraham by 
tithing as a principle, not as a command, because it doesn't command us anywhere in the New Testament to tithe, but to give. But we can look at Hebrews chapter 7 as the only clear place that talks about it as a principle, and we can take what I said, looking at Abraham and Melchizedek, because the writer of Hebrews, whoever he was, some say, you know, it was Paul. Some say it was Apollos. We really don't know. But the most important thing is this. You know, we know what he taught. And he taught that Abraham gave to Melchizedek uh, a tithe. And I believe the writer of Hebrews is trying to say something to the church, you know, look at this as a principle so we can start off with a tenth. But as the Lord blesses us, we are to give even on a greater level. And we are to be faithful to that because, you know, a lot of people today, I, I'm, I'm uh, come across and they're suffering in so many ways financially. And the reason why is because they're not faithful to Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God. That's right. All these things will be added. They take care of all their bills and all the other things, and then they give God the chump change. You got to change that attitude. You got to repent of that because you should be given to your church faithfully and given to ministries like this that's feeding you, you know. And if you don't do that, you're going to have to stand before God one day because God, Jesus said, lay up not for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where none of these things break in. Look at this man, Mr. Madoff, and then we got this junior Madoff that, that's ripping people off. They're investing in somebody like that rather than investing in God because we're going to be judged on the three T's where we deal with our time, talent, and treasures. But I'm going to say this last thing on this, is this, that a principle that we can learn also from not giving, that you don't want to fall under that this principle, is Acts chapter 5, because uh, the church was, uh, you know, from Acts chapter 1 all the way to Acts chapter 5, God was, from Acts chapter 1 to chapter 4, God was blessing. People were being added to the church. God was you. And then in Acts chapter 5, this is the first defect. And it had to do with money. And Ananias and Sapphira, you know, fail to give to God and to be faithful to giving to God. And they tried to, you know, not be be trickery and be, you know, conniving and secretive with God's money. And what happened? God dropped them both dead and fear came upon the whole church, you know, because God was trying to get the church's attention. And, you know, we better be thankful that we're living under grace now because if it wasn't for Christ on the cross, we would have so many funerals going on every day, every day of the week with the way people abuse money, that abuse God's money. And there's parables on this. 
Jesus spoke on this. He challenged uh, the rich, you know, get the story of the rich man, the poor man, then the rich young ruler, sell all you have, give it to the poor. Our ministry, we give to Samaritan Purse, which is Billy Graham's ministry under Franklin Graham, because I believe they're using that money in the right way to give to the poor, the needy. But you want to stand before God, and he says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You can't compromise, confuse, and contradict what God has blessed you with. The money that you have is not your money. It's God's money. Well, Doctor, we got two more calls that just come in, so we need to... Oh, we to... do? Okay. Oh, all right. So, Brother Rick, hopefully that helps out. God bless. Thank you. You got it. Okay, Brother Gary, who do we have next? Sophia, your thoughts Sophia, on... how you doing? I'm fine. You know what? I am going to defer to the other person calling because I have a question for next week, which I would want to bring up. Would that be Okay. Yes, but the the question you have, let's address that next week. They'll keep that question because... I'm going to do it, but I want to see who's calling, and then I talk to you next week, and I'll be praying for Jermaine's back as well. Oh, very good. Thank you so much for your call. Okay, goodbye. That was good. Goodbye. All right. Yeah. Uli on line four. How are you doing this evening? I'm well, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear, and uh, thank you for calling Continue for the Faith, and what's on your heart tonight? Okay, so my question is about uh, being under attack uh, pretty much perpetually my entire life. I'm 62. I accepted the Lord as my Savior when I was 12 years old, Um, and it began as a young girl with molestation and just a series of things. and it just seems like whenever I make strides to get something, things are always taken from me. I've had my vehicle stolen. It's just always things. And I've never used drugs. I don't smoke cigarettes, none of that. I am a born-again believer by the blood of Jesus. Um, but I just noticed this in my life, that it has just always been attacks, like people taking from me financially, socially, haters, jealousy in my family. So I call these all attacks because even though I am so anchored in God, but it just seems like I'm perpetually under attack, almost like Job was in the Bible during his discourse of uh, trials and tribulations. Okay, so uh, appreciate you sharing that. How can we help you? What what would you like for us to, how can we help you? What, What would you like for us to say? Well, I would like prayer because I don't know if I'm living under a curse or if it's just trials um, from not God under, or a test. You're not living under a curse because, um, you know, that's don't ever let the enemy uh, put that in your spirit. Uh, what you're going through is spiritual warfare. Uh, okay. Are you familiar with Ephesians 6, 10 through 18? I am, yes. Okay. And then, uh, are you connected with any uh, church fellowship? Uh, no, I'm. I'm not a member because um, uh, I've been homeless for quite a while, and I do tend to be isolated quite a bit. Um, well, let me say this because the music is going. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna say this to you quickly. 
Uh, Gary's going to give you our number. We want you to call us. Uh, But you're under severe attack because you're uh, isolated and you need to be in a church family where people can pray for you uh, because the wolves are out there uh, tearing you apart. But I want you to call us back and call the number also on that Gary will give. And Gary, give a prayer and then let's uh, have the sister call. The number is 415-721-1778. So Lord, we just pray that you would just help Yoli be with her, strengthen her, and encourage her. As we close tonight's program, bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.